Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about Ears to Hear. It's part two of our series on Warriors Arise. Week one, we looked at Eyes to See. Week two, today, we're going to jump into Ears to Hear. Next week, we're going to talk about a mind that understands. And then lastly, we're going to jump into a heart to believe. Eyes to see, ears to hear, a mind that understands, and a heart to believe. My name is Jeff Peterson. I'm honored to be the founding pastor of Authentic Church. If you want to find out more information on us, you can simply click on AuthenticOC.com and uh, keep tabs, stay posted on all things authentic. You, you can also follow us along on social media. Our handle on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, etc. is Authentic Church OC. So we're jumping into ears to hear. Ears to hear relates to discernment. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, God breaks his heavenly silence. You know, the devil wants to stop the church from gathering, and God doesn't want you just to attend church per se. He wants you to be the church. He doesn't want you to be a consumer, but rather he's called us to be contributors. And consumerism is all about me. And unfortunately, it's run rampant uh, in our culture, and it's even bled into the church. But when I contribute, it's all about him. It's others-focused. You know, our, our mission statement with Authentic Church is that we are a church that would have the simple mission to love God, love people, and live authentic. In loving God, I'm getting my vertical correct. When I'm loving people, I'm it's horizontally speaking. And if we truly love God, we should be loving people. And this is the hour for men and women of God to rise. So our, our sermon series that we're going through is Warriors Arise. And the question that I have is, what is Jesus saying to the church right now? What's the revelation that he wants to impart to the church? I will stand at the door and knock. What church is going to open the door to him? The scripture says that those with ear to to those with ears let them hear. It does not say to those with a mouth let them speak. But sometimes we can get so wrapped up in speaking that we lose the element of listening. We become like those babblers where only our our our, our prayers uh, are are ones with our words, ones that Jesus talked about in Matthew six verse seven. And how can we talk? with God without necessarily hearing from him? How can we walk with him without truly listening? You know, we, we go to a park and, 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 you know, dads are calling for their kids and I'm there with mine and my kids don't respond to the other dads. But when I call them, they hear me, they listen. Why? Because my kids know my voice. They know when it's my voice calling them and God wants us to know his voice. And know his word. And knowing his word, you and I can discern the voices of influence in this world from his voice in our hearts. And his ways are higher than our ways. And his ways are far better than our ways. You know, I don't know about you, but I use a navigation system when I drive. And I particularly like ways. Uh, I use it all the time, especially the function where it tells me police reported ahead. I, I, I hear that one a lot. And, and the way that the, the navigational system operates in our car is a way that God wants to operate in our life. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. And literally, 
you'll have to, because you're a born-again believer and you received the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life, you will have to crawl over the Holy Spirit to get to any sin. The Holy Spirit will be like, turn left, recalculating, what have you. And when you make a wrong turn, His job is to help turn you around. Well, when we stop listening to the navigation system and we go by our own feelings, we can get into trouble. And, and that's where things kind of come onto the scene with the passage of Scripture we're going to look at today. And it's, it's in, Sa- uh, in Samuel uh, chapter 3. You know, Samuel, he was the last judge of Israel. And he was the first uh, of the prophets after Moses. So he inaugurated what we would known as the, the monarchy by choosing and anointing Saul and also King David as kings of Israel. So Samuel is brought to the temple in Shiloh as a young child to serve God in fulfillment of a vow that his mom uh, made. Uh, his mom's name was Hannah, a vow that she made to God. And Samuel succeeded Eli as the high priest and the judge of Israel. Because the Philistines would, dis- would destroy Shiloh, Israel's religious center, Samuel would later return to Ramah, making it the center of his activities. So Samuel made these annual circuits uh, through the cities of the region. He would go from town to town, uh, assist in, in judging the people. When I say judging, it was he was the judge. They would bring cases before him, and he would judge that situation. Uh, so he wasn't necessarily judging like I'm looking down on you. He was judging from a judiciary system. And he would be exhorting the people to stop worshiping idols and using, uh, he, he used his influence to do best as he could to hold the tribes together, to create unity. A good judiciary system hopefully would be one that would create unity. So Samuel, though uh, he was counted amongst the greatest of the judges like Moses, He's also numbered among the prophets. And Samuel, he, he wasn't a warrior, but like Moses, he was, a hero, he was a hero who rallied the spirit of the people in the midst of oppression, keeping alive their hope and really helping with their faith. And he was a man who came from humble beginnings, you know. Uh, I, I love hearing the, the humble beginnings and success stories. You know, how did somebody start? You know, how did they get here? And, and you know, right now we're in the middle of football season. It's just kind of kicking off. And I'm a big football fan. I, I'm more of an NFL guy than, than a college football fan. But I grew up, you know, you know, loving the Huskies. When growing up Catholic, we, you know, Notre Dame was on every single Saturday in our house. Um, but, uh, but, you know, growing up and liking professional football in the NFL, you couldn't help but love the story of Vince Lombardi and, and the Green Bay Packers. And Vince Lombardi, as great and as storied as his career was, he would always start uh, preseason practices uh, with a simple message. And he would have every every one of the guys, they would get down on one knee and kind of form a circle around the coach. And Coach Lombardi would lift up a football and he would say, gentlemen, this is a football. And it was the beautiful, the beauty of simplicity that he would just remind them the simple aspects of the game. And his whole focus was that they would be excellent in executing the simple aspects of the game before getting more complicated. And that's kind of what we're doing with this series, Warriors Arise. Sometimes there's, there's just a good reminder to go back to the basics. You know, uh, great teachers take the uh, things that might be difficult to understand and complex, and they break them down and make them simple. And so that's what we're that's what our attempt is in in doing this series. Warriors arise. And we're going to take a look at a text in First Samuel chapter three. If you're following along, First Samuel chapter three. We're going to go 
through one for ten, and it's one through ten, and it says this, verse one. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Let me pause there. There's a pattern in Scripture that serving God often looks like helping others. Now, in those days, the messages of the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. Verse two. One night, Eli who's almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And I just want to interject, the lamp of the Lord is still burning in the church of America. The lamp of the Lord is still burning in Orange County, where there's been amazing, great moves of God. And it says in verse 3 here, And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. And suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? And he got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Eli wakes up. No, I I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And so he did. And then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. That's what it says in verse 7. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. And then in verse 8 it says, So the Lord called a third time, and once more Samuel got up and he went to Eli. He says, Here I am. Did you call me? Then it went off. Suddenly Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, Go and lie down again, and if someone calls again, say, Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. You know, when we honor God with our time, he honors us with his voice. When we honor God with our time, he honors us with his voice. But sometimes we can get so cluttered in life, and I really want uh, the the heart of this message, uh, I, I really want it to be one that would help us realize areas that maybe we need to declutter a bit in order to hear God more clearly. So my question, is there any, is there anything that you know that the Holy Spirit is telling you to lay down, to get rid of, to declutter that might be clouding your vision and clogging your ears? Is there anything the Holy Spirit is putting his finger on, even right now, as you're listening to this podcast where you're going, you know what? I need to hear the voice of the Lord more. This, I believe, is potentially hindering that. You know, the challenge that we have in hearing and following God is that sometimes God will speak to us and give us a directional word. He'll tell us, you know, this is where you're going, or here's a vision for what the future might have to hold. This is what I prepared for you. Here's a blessing I want you to reach for, etc. And then we wait. But I want to I want to encourage you to remember that manna fell within their reach, but not within their tent. When manna fell from heaven to to bless and feed the children of Israel, it was within their reach, but not right within their tent. So we have to step out. You know, so you hear the word from the Lord God, and he calls you to step out in a certain area. And we think in our mind, it's a direct route. But God, in his uh, amazing enjoyment, 
and just being uh, in the God adventure for, you know, 20 years now, I would say that God loves to take the scenic route. He loves to lead us along the scenic route. He's more concerned with what's happening in us than necessarily the, 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 uh, the, the direction of the route. And you see, we often hear a word and we see it as that direct line, but then what happens is circumstances and life situation, that direct line starts to get a little curvy. And what we, what we don't do is we don't understand the journey that it takes to get there, that it's not always that straight line with God. And oftentimes the journey is going to go to a different, completely different direction and take a different route than what we thought, but it is still going with the end goal being that blessing of God, that promise of God, that directional, that vision, et cetera. That is still the end goal, but there's a scenic route. And I don't know about you, but... When uh, the scenic route starts, <laughs> and I feel like we've kind of gotten off the most direct path, uh, sometimes I can wonder, did I really hear God? Because now the journey's got obstacles that I didn't account for. Uh, suddenly there's areas where I need to grow in that I really didn't anticipate. And it's, it's like when John asked the question, he said, hey, go and ask Jesus if he really is the Messiah. When John spent his entire ministry life telling everybody about the Messiah who was coming, and then he was the one who baptized Jesus, but he had a moment of question. It hit his, his spirit because it wasn't looking the way that he thought it was going to look. So how do we discern the voice of God? You know, number one, the, the word of the Lord sounds a lot like your voice. And number two, the word of the Lord is usually comfort, comforting, correcting, or directing. It's usually one of three things. It's either going to be comforting to you. It's going to be correcting to you or it's going to be directing. You know, I have this 90% rule and, and I'm not sure if I'll ever know or have known 100% that God told me to do something. But if I'm 90% there, if I'm 90% of the way, I'm in. If I knew 100% all of the time, then that wouldn't really take faith, would it? But if I'm 90% there on any given decision, especially if it relates to something big and directional, uh, 90% there when my wife is in agreement, if Fawn's not in agreement with me, we do not proceed. We wait until we get the confirmation of the Lord before we would proceed. But if we're 90% there, then we're all in. And that, that remaining percent, that's where faith kicks in. So I'm going to ask this question. Does the word of the Lord line up with his word? And then also, does it line up with his nature? So how to discern the voice of God? Number one, sounds a lot like your voice. Number two, it's usually comforting, correcting, or directing. Number three, does it line up with his word? And number four, does it line up with his nature? All right, so here's Samuel. Samuel was in proximity, but he had not yet had a relationship. He didn't really know the Lord yet. Knowing God in his ways is key to knowing his voice. So I'm going to give you just a few practical things to do to hear the voice of the Lord. Uh, number one, the first thing you do is repent of sin. His sheep hear his voice. If you're steeped in sin, you are basically putting a wall up between you and God. So you need to get that right. So number one, to run one practical things to do to hear the voice of God, number one is repent of sin. And number two is to read the Bible with a highlighter. 
read the Bible with a highlighter. I don't know about you, but when I'm reading, just, just reading the Bible, I'll get some things and it'll be good. But if I'm reading with a highlighter and I'm looking for things to underline, I promise you the Holy Spirit and the highlighter, they're like, they're, they're like friends. Okay. And so when you're reading the word of God, the, the paper word, I prefer the paper word of God over the, you know, the, you know, the iPhone or, or iPad or what have you. Um, but when you're reading the word of God with a highlighter, you're looking for things to highlight, to read again, something that's going to speak to you. And as it does speak to you, underline it, highlight it, and then ask the question, what are you trying to speak to me? Again, this is your practical things to do to hear the voice of God. So number one, repent of sin. Number two, read the word of God with a highlighter. And number three, fast. It's not so popular to do, but I promise you, if you're going to hear the voice of God, it'll become popular to you because you will become so addicted to hearing the word of God and you'll experience greater levels of intimacy with God when you fast. Fasting, put simply, is disconnecting from the world and you couple that with prayer, that's reconnecting with God and you're going to, you're going to hear the voice of God. So when we pray, Lord, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a mind that understands, and a heart to believe, I'm praying from a place where now I can apply some of these things into my life to really be able to hear the voice of God. And if you need to get right with God, I'm telling you, today is your day. You're listening to this podcast, and you're like, you know what? I need to get some things right with God. Today is your day. There's belief and trust. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. Whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Believe in the Greek isn't just believing a fact, but it's trusting a person. Trust is knowing, but also placing all my trust in him. The demons believe that Jesus is the son of God. They know that he is. But they don't trust God. They don't trust him. They don't trust in his goodness. So it's one thing to believe. It's another thing to trust. That word believe, whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish, but have let. It's not only just believing that he is the Messiah, but also trusting that he's good. And he wants to be your Lord and your Savior. You know, at the time of this taping, uh, our nation just witnessed the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg served on the Supreme Court for decades. Uh, she oversaw hundreds, if not thousands, of cases uh, at, at different levels of the judiciary system as she was coming up through the ranks and then when she served as a Supreme Court judge. And, you know, she's standing before heaven at that moment. Uh, she stood before heaven and she had to give an account. And uh, I hope that she was in a position in, in her later years where she put her faith in the judge of all judges, uh, Jesus Christ. But I don't know what her walk was. was. Um, I know what she ruled on some different cases, and um, I really do pray and hope that she had um, a, a moment where she came to the not only the knowledge, the belief, but really the trust in knowing Jesus. And if you have not experienced that, or maybe you've walked with God, but in later years or situations happen where you said, you know what, I'm a, I'm a little off kilter here. Um, I got some sin in my life 
and I need to get some things right. I'm going to pray a prayer with you right now. And I just want you to, I want to encourage you to pray with me as you're listening to this. Maybe you're driving in your car or listening as you're getting ready for work or what have you. I just want to encourage you. You're never too far gone that you can escape that love of Jesus. His love for you is, it's a crazy love that he has for you. He cares for you. He died for you. And he wants to uh, renew. He wants to see that relationship that you had once with him renewed. He wants that fire that you once had for the things of God. He wants that, that rekindled. And if that's where you're at, I just want to tell you, you're never so far gone that he cannot save you. And you're never so good that you don't need a savior. We all need a savior, but he doesn't just want you to pray a prayer. He doesn't want you just to convert to Christianity. He wants you to be a born again believer baptized in water and baptized in his Holy Spirit. He wants to see you living empowered and living the abundant life that he called us all to live. And so I just want to pray that with you right now. So I just want to encourage you, if that's where you're at, I would invite you to pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me, that I don't have to do anything to earn your love. I just have to receive it. So I receive you. I receive you in this moment right now. And I'm asking you, Jesus, be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I need you. Apart from you, I have nothing. And so I ask you to come into my life fresh and new. Forgive me of every sin that I've ever committed. Wash me clean. Make me new. Deliver me from the sin that tries to attack me and grip my mind, my thoughts, my heart. Deliver me from that right now, Lord. I give you my life. That it no longer be I who live, but you who lives through me. And I ask you, God, I pray that you would baptize me right now with your Holy Spirit. I pray for a fresh baptism of your Holy Spirit, a fresh fire of the Holy Spirit to fall in my life. That you would touch, you would go past my, my, my physical understanding of you past my, my soul, my mind, my will and emotions to my spirit and baptize me fresh today. I pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I just want to tell you, if you prayed that prayer today, I want to hear from you. You can respond online on our website. Uh, there's a link in the podcast that you can reach out to. We would be so honored and blessed to pray for you. Uh, we have a group of intercessors that meets every single Monday night, and we specifically pray over every single person uh, that has ever contacted us, contacted the church, or any special prayer requests you might have. We pray over that, and those prayers are actually written out, and they're in a prayer box that our intercessors pray over. And then on Tuesdays, uh, we have a, a leaders meeting, and that prayer box is handed to me, and I actually keep that prayer box on my desk in my office, and I pray over that throughout the week. And if you need prayer for anything, I want to encourage you, reach out. The most prideful thing somebody can do is live a prayerless life. The most humble thing somebody can do is leave, live a prayerful life. So I want to encourage you to reach out for prayer. We love you. God bless you. Hope you're having an awesome week. That God would give you ears to hear Him, His voice, this week loud and clear. That's our prayer for you. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Be blessed.